This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's hour three of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Thanks for making us part of it. The truckwreck.com fan text is open, and if you would like to participate, we want to hear from you. What moment is most burned in your memory? I think we have a candidate now for the one that that might be most famous for how uh, you know this uh, th- this game is remembered. Maybe it's the Dak interception right before halftime that was a big swing. But 361 texting just saw a video that showed where Kittle made the bobble catch. He was lined up on the line and was covered. He should have been just blocking and ineligible to touch the ball. Is that correct, Brian? I was. It's funny because I thought the same thing. And then I talked to somebody at the Cowboys who went back and watched the film and said, yeah, initially we thought that. And then they said, no, that it was not. They said it was real close. When you watch the end zone, and all I, I I went back, I didn't notice it until later on, and all I had was the sideline copy, and you can't tell by alignment of the sideline. But if you look at the end zone, you could tell it a little bit more. So he they, was clean. That they, they felt like initially they felt like it was off, and then or not right, and then when you go back and look at it from the end zone, they says, yeah, it, it looks fine. Well, they, they drive down the field. They they get the touchdown. The Cowboys had three penalties on that drive. I think I'll also remember that. Like, you fix the penalty problem, but then the thing that got you last year pops up, and it really enabled the 49ers to score their only touchdown of the game. And after they scored that, I remember distinctly thinking, well, if that's what it takes for the Niners to score a touchdown, they ain't getting back in the end zone. <laughs> the the George Kittle play and, and, and three penalties – um, and I felt like, man, if the Cowboys could score twice here, I, I thought they would be able to win the game. And I did believe, you know, I surprised myself about halfway through the first quarter. I was like, holy hell, I think they're going to win. And I thought they were going to win for most of the second quarter right there until the Dak interception. And that is when I changed my mind. So that pick, I, I think, will be infamous. How the last three plays on offense basically went where you couldn't do anything and had to punt. You got the ball with three minutes to go. And that might be the most damning thing about this offense and this quarterback right now. But at 877-881-1053, we are looking uh, for you, the, you know the, the, the moments of the game that will be burned into your memory. And uh, if you could go ahead and leave your name and city you're texting from, we'll make you famous right here in the G-Bag Nation. Chiafalo, what's the play for you? Oh, man, there's so many from this game. I mean, the the back-to-back plays of Pollard gets injured and then you throw the interception just felt like, holy smokes, man. Just when we thought we were about to grab this game by the throat, uh, you end up having the collapse of all collapses there. That was a disaster. Of course, the final play of the game is is football comedy like you've never seen before. It is it is it's a dark comedy for us as Cowboys fans, but my gosh, you couldn't have put the greatest SNL writers of all time in a room and come up with a a more comical ending, especially when you include Dalton Schultz and the brain farts. Like 
my gosh, bro, you don't get out of bounds properly, and then you don't catch the football. Absolutely insane. But the the where the game changed for me, you get the red zone opportunity. You finally get the moment where they bleep themselves on the muff punt uh, or on the fumble on the punt. Kelvin Joseph makes the play. You're in the red zone. You don't take a single shot into the end zone. You settle for three. Disaster. And then the CD Lamb play. Third and five. You go deep to Lamb when you should have probably just played it. Hey, we got two plays here. We got to go for it. And then they take the delay game and punt the ball. You you completely botched the game. Right and nobody's there. buying that hard count. It's so obvious. Oh. Like watching on TV. Yeah. He even he he needs to look at his his film and, and realize all the tells that he's giving that he's not going to snap the ball. I think he'd be shocked how obvious it is. Well, Chuck, what sticks out to you? Yeah, I I think that the third and five play, but it's specifically. It's it's just seeing T.Y. Hilton wide open. Like, I, I tweeted about it at the time, you know, and, and it's an incredible play by Fred Warner to get back and run to the opposite hash to cover C.D. Lamb. Mm. And I get why Dak wants to throw to C.D. You know, C.D.'s been the guy. He's been the playmaker. Feed your dude. Uh, but, man, you have T.Y. Hilton wide open basically at the snap on the opposite hash. It was with, a very easy read. With Warner's hips going away from him. Like, he was running for, you know, he, you're figuring, like, it, okay, it, it might be a bang-bang play there, but you got nobody covering Hilton. It might have been a touchdown. Yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. it could have been that way. I mean, it just it, it just was such a bad read. And And the thing that bothers me the most is that was one of those things where if you throw it, and let him run under it. It's it's probably going to be a it's probably going to be a reception, but you're holding, you're holding, and now you let the ball go, and you're like, and, and how many times this year have we seen down the middle of the CD Lamb something happens, something happens, somebody gets over, makes a play, interception, whatever. But I just wonder sometimes with some of these throws that Dak makes that it's like, okay, I'm not sure. I've you know I got to protect it. Do I need to throw this ball now? Do I let it go early? No, I better wait. Oh, he's not clear. You know, it's just there's so many things I think goes into Dak's mind, you know, about trying to protect the ball. And then sometimes he just recklessly lets it go. And, you know, it ends up being a interception or something. Yeah, like that. I think what's going on is for so long he he was overly conservative with the ball, and that's why he only had four interceptions his rookie year. And as time goes on, he's being encouraged to just let it go. Trust your eyes. And that's what's adding to the interceptions, you know. So it, it is, it's a learning curve now. It's a result of being coached by Jason Garrett for so long and then Kellen Moore, who was an extension of that. And so now, like six years into your career, it's actually time to get aggressive. Well, maybe you should have come into the league, and if you had been aggressive, you would have learned those things earlier on. Um, but whatever the case, it's yet to be proven if Dak can increase the aggressiveness and keep the uh, the interceptions low. And a lot of people are are talking about Dak. Like Dakota from Kaufman, not just one thing sticks out. Dak's not a starting quarterback in the league. I hear Derek Carr's looking for a new home. We can't go that far. Like Dak is a dang good regular season piling up wins and stats quarterback. That is definitely a starter. He is in the top half of the league. Uh, when it comes to qualities of a starting quarterback. The issue is, to beat good defenses, you have to be elite or have elite surroundings, and he doesn't have either. Um, If I'm the team, I would stop betting that he's going to become elite and start building a full team for him. 
you, know, you have Brock Purdy in the NFC title game. I'm pretty sure Dak's good enough to do it, <laughs> um, even though he's, he's far from perfect, Brian. You know, Mike Bassick made a really good point today when I was driving in, listening. He was talking about maybe, and I'll throw it out to you guys out here, do you think it's you should build around Micah and not around Dak or around a quarterback? That you should you should just try and keep the defense, build everything you can to make the defense always as strong, like what we saw with the with the Forty ers last night. I think it's likely that their that. first pick is a corner at twenty six. I think there's going to be a corner back there that they like that they sure. end up taking. Yeah, you got way too many holes in your offense right now. I would say. I mean, even the Niners they've built a badass defense, but they also went out and got. I mean, they have one of the best tight ends in the sport, maybe the best running back in the sport. They have the most versatile Debo Samuel guy in the sport and uh, probably the best fullback in the sport, the best left tackle in the sport. I mean, they're not neglecting their offense. You cannot neglect your offense. And to build around a defender, okay, you build around the defender. How likely is it that defender? Like, at least you know, unless you have a quarterback that's running all over the place, I'm building around him, and he's probably going to remain healthy. Everything about the sport right now is we want our quarterbacks to not get injured. I can't bank on a great front seven defender not getting banged up. I mean, you saw it this year with Micah, and he played, and absolutely, but I don't think you can you can build around him because as soon as Micah's out, okay, now what? And there's a likelihood. I mean, Bosa missed a bunch of games this year. Like, front seven players are not guys that you can consistently, over a half decade, say, I'm going to get a full season out of you. Yeah, I, I, I just think that you you can't choose. I I I I just think you should go free agency draft, and then if you're still not there, you got to be honest. Could we win it this year? And if the answer is yes, then it's trade time. Yeah, let's go get and McCaffrey. The, the first the two months, yeah, the first two months of the season are are trade time to to make sure at least you have a couple of seasons per decade where you don't have such a, a massive hole in in your roster. Tony Pollard's going to miss four months, roughly. That's one that's going to stick out. I I was surprised when the announcer said just a sprained ankle and ends up being a broken fibula as well. There was so much twisting going on. And I, I tell you what, as between the play before the game where where uh, the kicker's trying to warm up and Debo's standing there and Trent Williams comes over, and then the twisting, it's like, man, Niners fans sure gotten mad over some words that were misunderstood late middle of last week. I wonder if they hold their same player trying to twist Tony Pollard's leg into a torn ACL. Because that's... Now, that was that was pretty gross, if you ask me. And I know the Cowboys have done it in the past. Kristen Hill, like three years ago. But you got a guy by his legs, you're twisting, and then you roll up on it. The gator roll. Like, if I'm Tony Pollard, I got a major problem with Broski starting next season when I come back. Mm. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's people that are thinking that it was karma. You know, and I don't, I'm not a believer. It's not how karma works. I'm not, I'm not a believer in that either. But, I mean, to me, there, you know, I, I it, hey, trust me. You know, when you, when we went through all that last week and stuff like that, I mean, it, you know, it is what it is right now. Football's a violent game. You know, yeah, guys are going to get hurt. tackled. Guys are going to get hurt. That's the way it so, rolls. Uh, salute to J. Ron Curse. Uh, played with a sprained MCL. Then he suffered a shoulder injury midseason. That's going to require surgery. Uh, I believe that's a torn labrum. Um, so Jeez, what a tough freaking warrior, SOB, man. That's a that's a four week injury that he played with yeah. uh, yesterday. That's that's pretty impressive. 
Um, you have the moment pregame that went viral on Twitter that I just mentioned, Debo Samuel standing in front of the ball in between the snapper and the holder, Brian Anger, so they couldn't get their kicks in. There's so much going on down there on that field. At one point, Jake McQuaid, who's on IR, comes over, and it looked like it could escalate because he was visibly upset, like, hey, what the hell's going on over here? And then he kind of gets in, it was it Debo's face or Trent's face, and Trent kind of pushes him, extends the arm, and I was like, oh, is it going to go down? And it didn't go down. Uh, but McQuaid saying post game, Debo thought it would be a good idea to just stand right behind our ball wherever we moved it. It turned into a little bit of an issue. We were just trying to figure out what he was doing, what the merit of it was. His reason didn't seem very sound to us. You know, for a kicker who's going through a mental crisis, you know, that seems really insensitive to his mental health. And uh, I believe that's bullying as well. I think you're bullying the special teams group, aren't you? That's exactly what that was. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's the guy that gets picked on anyways. I mean, they were probably just messing with Robbie Gold in their own locker room. And they're like, well, we should just – let's get on the field and <laughs> they get their guy. Don't they have a kicker too? Yeah, let's go get their guy. I mean, that's just <laughs> kind of the way of the world. suit with him and they're throwing uh, him up, seeing if he sticks. You know, the uh, other thing that bugged me was Kyle Shanahan doing everything possible to botch the uh, the end of half after Dak throws the pick. Yeah. And then they – like, they let, just – Let time go. They just yeah, urinate with 40 seconds uh, for no reason. Reason. Purdy almost let the clock run out. And then I Purdy, was like, "Please, God, yes!" And it's all because they allowed Jawan Jennings with yeah. uh, to go like twenty yards or something. Like Shanahan did everything in his power to go in that thing. Dak was like, "I don't want to score points," and Shanahan was like, "I don't either." And Jawan Jennings was <laughs> like, "Well, too bad, in. we're getting it." Pull my beer, kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Other moments from the game worth that discussing. Nice. That was that was funny. Uh, the personal foul on Deron Bland. I didn't think that was justified. It was before the whistle. His back's to the sideline, the player's inbounds. It was in real time. I was like, ooh, come on, come on. And then I saw the replay, and I was like, he was definitely out of bounds. I get it. I mean, yeah. I'm with I think, you, I think it got evened up. Zeke ran out and got yes. whacked, too. Yeah, he did. So, I mean, it sure did get did. Even. They called it both ways, and that's yeah. all I care about. But I loved it, man. I want, I wanted that physical tone setter. I'm like, sure, take the 15-yard. Deron Bland isn't coming to play right the, now. The he's, coming to, he's coming to dominate you, and he has to do that to make up for the guy on the other side of the field who wants nothing to do with contact. De- <laughs> Deron, I blame Trayvon Diggs for that penalty. <laughs> Deron Bland's like, I have to do I'm Extra physicality. I have to do because this guy over here is not going to do anything. Since you brought that up, are are, are we blaming uh, Brett Maher for uh, Tony Pollard getting his leg broken? Oh, why? Because they didn't want to kick the field goal. Brett Maher's fine. They kicked that field goal. uh, No, I'm not going to play later. Tony Pollard. I liked. I liked playing for the touchdown. Yeah, I was okay with that, but okay, it was just, just wanted a ruling. Yeah, <laughs> the, the I like the question. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the call they missed was the defensive holding. They had one. They had one on Martin with the defensive lineman. They, oh, missed, they called it on Hankins, and then they called it on Hankins. Where you can believe refs. So if you're gonna, you know that that's one you you kind of like. Okay, you wait know, in that divisional round, we're not going to get the benefit of any of these bleeping calls. Uh, you said that yesterday. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Bryce Butler in the huddle against Green Bay, still not letting that one go. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best.
best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.